Uh, what's up world? Welcome to the Positive Truth. Uplifting and positive news to help you believe in yourself and the world around you. Tim, what are we trying to bring? Here at the Positive Truth, we're trying to bring awareness, empowerment, inspiration, optimism, and understanding to communities everywhere. Michelle, before we get started, can you please tell the people what they can do to help us spread this positivity? Please like, share, subscribe, rate, and review. A five-star rating with a comment will help us out so much and help us to continue to spread positive news throughout the world. We also have a Patreon where you can get an extra positive news episode and have the opportunity to help with our community drives. Check us out on Facebook at The Positive Truth to view these news stories and more. JP, what up? We got inspirational stories. We're probably going to be announcing our fall drive here in a week and a half. Gave back all sorts of sanitizer for for teachers here. In the, we're probably going to do that next week as well. Since we can't donate school supplies, since who knows when school is ever going to come back in. Big announcements coming. Check out our last interview we did last Friday. So we haven't done an inspirational story in a while. But we got some awesome ones today. Tim, what do you got? Man, my first one is, well, my only one. Ha! Take that world. <laughs> it's actually about this 16-year-old girl named Tanya Speaks. She is amazing. So... When she was in school, in middle school, she used to get bullied all the time because of her eyebrows. The thickness of her eyebrows were what, the reason why little girls were coming at her all the time. And it used to affect her to the point where she would go home and cry. And her mom would always tell her, just, you know, please, you know, it's okay. Just don't worry about that. One day everybody's going to want your eyebrows. It's okay. And basically what ended up happening was one day Tanya just was so hurt so hurt one day that she was getting bullied for her eyebrows that she went home and she shaved off her eyebrows. Oh, she shaved them so bad that she left scars on her eyebrows. And her mom did what her mom needed to do. Tanika Speaks was her mom's name, or is her mom's name, and she came to her and said, hey, please do not do that again. One day, everybody will want your eyebrows. And Tanya, she uh, took that to heart. It kind of inspired her to start her own eyebrow company because her eyebrows started to grow back. Mm -hmm. and. She was going, looking for different product to help with her eyebrows, and she started messing with her own concoctions because she realized the stuff really wasn't doing what she wanted it to do. And she ended up finding her own blend that actually worked where people were complimenting them all the time to the point where they were asking her, what do you use? Can I buy it? So in the restrooms of her high school, she started selling her own little concoction of oils for people's eyebrows. And after about five months of doing this, her mom gave her a small loan, and then within six months, her business grew within... 50% of what it started off with. Wow. So now she's at the top of her high school class, getting ready to graduate, and uh, she's thinking about majoring in entrepreneurship. But I just love this story, and I thought it was inspirational because she turned herself getting bullied from shaving her eyebrows out to a functional, successful business where at the age of 18, she can probably pay her own bills. Yeah. Shout out to Dang. Tanya Speaks, man. Honestly, I love that story because she took the advice her mom finally gave her. You know what I mean? Yeah, trust me, we none of us did. Little I know none speak. of us did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice, Tim. I got nothing for that. Wow. I, I tried, that. man. I tried. Okay. <laughs> that is great, though. She's getting paid. Facts. Yeah. We well, yeah, Michelle. So I watched this new segment from Salt Lake. It's about this man named Bob Demon Demon. Demen. Um, they call him the chairman. So he's a super experienced uh, wood carpenter. He like is known for making like cabinets, tables, um, you know, that type of business. 
and he like recently he just stopped making that type of stuff and started making just chairs for like kids they're like about eh, like that big you know those type of chairs were like size. yeah child sized chairs and you know how like um sometimes like you'll hear parents like hey go sit down like chill out or something um well he actually started making the chairs because of that reason he was having some difficulty with like some of the kids in his life and he figured that like if kids don't have chairs to go and sit down and be able to like recollect their thoughts as kids they're gonna have to sit on the floor and he didn't want that so he started making wood chairs for all of the hospitals in his community um they've made it for like elementary schools he's made it for like their community centers as well and then like random families so he's been doing a lot of work for it i think that's really unique and awesome right like child chairs for me i'm huge on on creativity now like it's a huge part of my life for some odd reason these last few years i guess being a father's changed that Mm -hmm. and that's a creative way to help out your community in a way that nobody else is thinking for sure. Like, who's having that conversation? Yeah. Hey, maybe we should uh, have more kid chairs, you know, so they can actually have a. Did y'all have a kid chair growing up? Mm-hmm. Did you have a kid chair growing up, Sam? Nah, man, I have no kid chairs. Layla <laughs> got a couple though. Exactly. See. I had a kid chair. I can remember it. It was like a flood of memories. It was this red plastic chair, and it was like this tall. I know this is an audio podcast. Child size. <laughs> <laughs> size. But I remember I used to eat on top of it, and I would put my legs, like, so whenever I would eat on top of it, I would stick my legs out, and I would sit on the floor and eat on top of the chair. And then I would take the food, give it to my mom, and I'd sit on, I'd just sit on it anytime I was watching TV. I never had any recollection. Like, this idea of people didn't have child chair is kind of crazy to me. Exactly. Yeah. See, it's just more comfortable. Like, as a kid, to be in a chair your size... You feel good. <laughs> I used to sit on my knees all the time. Like I still do. It's a bad habit. I do too. I sit on my you knees. You sit on your knees? Yeah. Like why? How? Or like I've been doing squat? it since I was a kid. Like this. Sumo squat. Yeah. yeah. I sit like that comfortably. But see, yeah, I can yeah, do that so comfortably, but sitting on your knees is wild, Tim. I do that when I eat. It's bad habit. Why? You have to sit at the table when I was a kid, and mm-hmm. you have to like sit up and eat. But you, your table fits you. It's an adult-sized table. Why are you sitting on your knees at the table? The comfort, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That is wild to me. Wild. Hey. This dude should have made me a chair, dude. This is why we need him. <laughs> why do you think I love this story? <laughs> Sometimes it's the small things in life. Exactly. Facts. <laughs> Speaking of the small things in life, before we get to my last inspirational story, we need to pause and do audio meditation. It's where we all three talk about one thing we're grateful for each because in the stresses of life, we often overlook all the great things going on in our own lives. We encourage everyone listening to think of one thing you're grateful for as well. Guaranteed to make your day so much more positive. Tim, what are you grateful for? Man, I'm grateful for like 7-Eleven snacks and like on-cue snacks. Like sometimes I just have like this urge of just wanting something sweet or like some beef jerky or something, you know, and it's like the best place to be. I know it's unhealthy, JP, but like... (laughs) Beef jerky is where it's at sometimes, man. So I'm grateful for that. What's your favorite kind of beef jerky? Uh, pepper, pepper, mm, pepper, pepper, pe- pepper something? Is it just pepper? Well, there's peppered. I, I think there might years. be other types, but the um, peppered one is good. Yeah, I'm not I, too fancy. I honestly haven't had beef jerky in like over a decade. What? That's what I eat at lunch for work. <laughs> Except for lunch? <laughs> yeah. Um, just beef jerky? It keeps me full for like... Four hours. See, this is how I know I'm a big dude. Whenever I'm just like, that's all you had? <laughs> nah, I mean, that's, that's very little food. What are you grateful for, Michelle? 
And, you know, I am grateful for my friends. Um, I have a cabin trip planned next week with, like, a group of, like, seven friends. I haven't seen them in a while. We haven't seen each other in a while either. Um, so I'm just excited. Where to? Davis, Oklahoma. The Arbuckles. I've never been there. And I am very excited because I hear they have really nice water. Like, crystal clear water. That sounds fun. How long are you going to be there? Eh, just two days. Do they have internet access or are y'all going to be able to No idea. You? I'm sure they have internet. At, I mean, we have phones, you know? So, I don't know how the signal is, though, but I am excited. Internet or not, I'm having a good time. <laughs> that sounds like a fun time. Yeah. Well, damn, mine is not near as cool as that. No, I'm <laughs> What are you grateful for? I'm grateful for not having car troubles right now. I, That's a- I don't believe in jinxes, but... My friend spark plugs went out and he went to a mechanic and he got a discount and he's like, yeah, man, I just saved myself like $500 today when he came into work and I was like, car trouble suck. He was like, yeah, man, I can't believe I got this lucky. So yeah, shout out to not having car troubles. If you, there's one of those things where when you, when they're not happening, you never realize how great it is that they're not happening. Yeah. No facts. I was just thinking, man, should I say I'm grateful for air conditioning in my car because it's hot outside, but. Dude, super hot. What you're saying, that ties into it. Yeah. So back to inspirational stories. (laughs) Oh, we're grateful today. (laughs) So one of the things I've been realizing is sometimes the inspirational stories just aren't up to snuff. And so anytime that happens, I just find a historical figure I haven't heard about, mm-hmm. and I talk about them on here. So this one is about a doctor named Kazuhi Togashaki. Togashaki. She was born in 1897 in San Francisco to Japanese immigrants. So she was a second, gem- second generation immigrant. Mm-hmm. And from an early age, she was just really interested in medicine. Her family survived the great San Francisco earthquake in 1906 and the citywide fire that followed. And she's like, we need more doctors, more people that can help. So she's like, I want to be a nurse. So after she graduates, it's early 1900s, it's like 1920. And they're like, you're a woman. There's no way you're going to be a nurse. That's what everyone around her is telling her. And her parents are like, oh no. Oh no, we didn't tell, we didn't raise you to stop. Just because they're telling you no, you should still go for it. So she gets a bachelor's degree from Stanford in 1920 in zoology. And she couldn't get a job because she's a Japanese American. So she went to work as a maid with her parents and she's like, this is not fun. So she got into medicine, got a, joined a two year nursing program, finished top of her class because her parents insisted, like, you should go for it, and then she couldn't get a job. They're like, you, we have no need for a Japanese woman. You have, you have no use being a nurse. So her parents were like, she was really discouraged. Her parents were like, we'll just be a doctor. If you're a physician, they'll definitely need you. So she went in 1933 to Philadelphia, Women's Medical College. She became the second Japanese woman in America ever to get a medical degree. Hmm. Oh, heck yeah. So now they can't tell her anything because she just started her own practice. But of course, World War II comes around, and this isn't talked about a lot in American history books. But after Pearl Harbor, they put all these Japanese immigrants all in concentration, well, not concentration camps, let's just say war camps. Concentration camps. 
apps. <laughs> and so they couldn't go anywhere. So she, her practice, all these Japanese homes that were just, people who were just robbed and blind because they knew they were in the detention centers. So when they got put in there, there was no doctors because no one had a degree and there were people that were pregnant. So she became the doctor for everyone in these camps. She delivered oh 50 God. babies. 50 babies? 50 babies, right? Dang. And she was like, she basically became the doctor, the only doctor in her, in her camp. And they would send her around to help with the other camps in San Francisco. So whenever she got out, every kid was like, I want to be like Dr. Tokushaki. Because she would always tell them she like, was hero. like, I kept going, I'm a woman, I still did this. So that would inspire the young ladies. And she's like, and then she would tell the young men, like, exactly what her, her parents told her, you get enough of an education, they can't stop you. So whenever she got out, she started her own practice again, and everyone in that community was like, we're going to go see her. So she ended up delivering 10,000 more babies over the course of 40 years. She inspired everyone in her community to keep going on, keep pushing, going to school. And yeah, I just thought it was an inspirational story. Cool. That should be a historical story. Like that should be in our history books. Period. That she inspired so many young, just Japanese Americans. Period. Like oh my gosh, JP, what an underrated story of the decade. Dang, I can't believe I've never. Well, I can believe I've never heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. No, for real, that was awesome. What was her name? Doctor Kazuma Togashaki. Wow. We really should remember that Kazui name. Kazui Togashaki. I'm just going to go ahead and say she's nominated for Positive Truth Person of the Year because this is something we should have already known. Yeah, pretty much. I thought the story was pretty dope. Facts. Before we get out of here, Michelle. Gizzard. Do you have a dad joke? I do. I'm ready for it. <laughs> Spring is here. I got so excited, I wet my plant. Ha. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> You ain't got nothing on this. <laughs> Do you have a better quote, Tim? It's okay to be a, a glow stick. Sometimes we have to break before we shine. <laughs> okay. I actually think that was pretty good. I actually think that was that pretty good. That was so good. cheesy. Thank you for listening. <laughs> We're out. Stay positive.